Hello, everyone, and welcome to the All Four Downs podcast, sponsored by the Clovercrest Media. That is a CMG Sports Central. You could definitely check us out on cmgsportscentral.com, and you can follow us on all the football, baseball, and many more sports to come as our website is growing. And thanks to all of you following All Four Downs and the rest of the Clovercrest Media podcast. I myself is OV1, along with Hector, and there it is. He's looking down, making sure he's calculating right because, man, it is the wild card weekend, and I have to acknowledge, I have to acknowledge that the this year's champion for the NFL picks goes to the one and only, the one, Hector V. Hector, congratulations. Hey, you know, it's always fun, honestly. You know, I'm not going to gloat about this. You know, over the over the years, over the decades, we've always had so much fun doing this. And I have, would not have it any other way but doing it with you, seriously. I appreciate it, man. We go even way back before mm-hmm. podcasts ever began where we used to have a whole bunch of computers, devices, trying to catch up, refreshing each page just to see what's going on in every game. And we were forced to watch either CBS or Fox Sports or uh, whatever games was was uh, there, really, right? Depending where we live. And again, mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, we're former veterans and uh, both New York Giants fans. But we're forced, especially in Denver, I'm forced to watch the Broncos or living in Georgia, forced to, to watch the Falcons. I mean, this is before Sunday Ticket. DirecTV wasn't even around. I mean, look, it was just straight up cable. And then look at today, man. You can stream anything. You can watch anything. And everything, all the digital devices, everything's in our hands to catch up of every little detail that goes around in sports. Yeah, I don't have to go to the library and find an encyclopedia with the stats anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Most definitely. Absolutely. I used to have an encyclopedia collection. And you, you're right, you know. You and then the thing is, when it comes to sports, the sports almanac. I mean, we have to find out history on that and research and stuff like that. And now everything's at the palm of your hands just yeah. to see everything. Um, but most definitely, but let us start at first down real quick. And no other than we gotta acknowledge the college football playoffs, and I guess the committee got it right, and as much as it hurts me to say, um, I really wanted the uh, Georgia Bulldogs to be in the playoffs, but that didn't happen. But uh, what what do what I was saying? Due diligence, despite of everything that happened, I have to give mad respect to the Michigan defense because they were the ones that kept Michigan alive throughout the whole entire game, mm-hmm. and it did it so well. The tackling and everything. I mean. 
it just seems like they were playing kill the man with the ball or something. Yeah. Um, but they put the pounding on them. And even though the final score wasn't really how it was throughout the whole entire game, my respect to all the Michigan fans out there, they finished at the record of 15 and 0. Michigan's the new national champions. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not over. I mean, many people are still talking about um almost similar to the Houston Astros in Major League Baseball about the cheating scandal and stuff like that. Um, look, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you can get all the signs and everything, but somebody else told me this is that you know, you play the game, you play to win, but at the same time, you you always got to change things around, you know, because there's always someone looking. And regardless, yeah. I mean, these guys were just a better team. They really they really were. They were. They looked like they were the more looser team. They, weren't, they were the ones that were going out there having more fun. I feel like Washington just went out there and just – they were forcing it. They were trying too hard, and, and Michigan wasn't doing that. Well, they were so, flat on yeah. their feet at the beginning. It seems yeah. like they weren't really warmed up to the game. And then once they got that rhythm, it was just hard to score on Michigan. Yeah, it was. I mean, to me, I think McCarthy played a better better game than Penix did. I mean, he he saw where his targets were at, and he was getting the ball there. And, you know, Penix, I felt like he was forcing a couple of them here and there, and that's why a couple of turnovers were happening well, He was there. pressured a lot, and he missed some open receivers. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that – um you hardly ever saw in the Pac-12 when they were competing, right? And finally, there was always someone in front of him. And there are times that offensive line could not protect Phoenix at all, right? And that was their downfall, really, is that they were able to contain the quarterback. And J.J. McCarthy, I'm going to tell you right now, man, he's lucky he has the running backs that that they have because, again, the first two touchdowns were all rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Okay? And it was was blown Mm -hmm. defensive coverage. They didn't cover all angles when they scored those two touchdowns. And that was the difference maker because in the second and third quarter, Michigan could not move that ball. They had so many three and outs. Okay. I'm not a fan of J.J. McCarthy. He is not the best quarterback. He is just an average quarterback that was put in a position where there was plenty of talent around him. I, I don't think he's going to be successful in the NFL. That's just my opinion. Um, I think he just got away with a lot of things. And he could be talented. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to tell me if he's a first-rounder, absolutely not. I don't even think he's a second-round pick in the, in the NFL draft. That I don't see him highly up there. You know, yeah. I think he is overrated. And, yeah, he might got the national spotlight, but that's as far as he's going to go. And he needs more building, more everything else. And the same thing on the other side, the the Heisman winner, uh, Phoenix. I don't think he's a first-round quarterback. After what I saw in that game, right, it almost seems like, dude, you are fragile to get hit, and you're just going to cuddle in the sideline, okay? That's just my opinion. Oh, no, I I agree. I mean, you know – we got what we saw last night. Uh, McCarthy was good with what he had last night, so he was on point. But you're right, getting to the next level is going to take a whole lot more, you know, skill, skills and talent, you know, on, on every level 
to become a, a very successful quarterback in the NFL. We've seen it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, Heisman Trophy winners or first rounders, they never seen the pan. A lot of them don't seem to pan out. It's always those quarterbacks that fall third round to the sixth round. Right. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy being the latest, you know, success so far as Mr. Irrelevant. So, yeah, you know, give them time to build up. But, yeah, you're right. I, I don't see them jumping right into it and being successful in the NFL right away. Maybe right. sit somebody for a year or so. Who knows? So if there was 12 teams in this playoff this year, I'm, I want to show it to you. You know, this is the, this is the standings or the selection committee would have had uh, leading into the college football playoffs with the top four being Michigan, Texas, Washington, and Alabama, right? And before they even play each other, there will be other games going on. And the question is, and here it is, I'm going to put it, this is this map would have looked like a different scenario. And I know I'm biased because I'm a Georgia fan, but we could have possibly have seen the two best, the actual two best team in the country, and that is the Michigan Wolverines versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Given that Georgia would have still lost against Alabama, there would have been a number seven seed, which they are slotted, right? Mm-hmm. But two things. One, we would have have an we would have seen an awesome playoff. Most definitely. Okay. The second thing is the argument. And people say, well, now that we don't have to focus on the top four and argue about who should have been the top four, like Florida State or years ago, UCF was was not voted in, right? Because yeah. they finished undefeated. Remember that? Yeah. Now no excuse, right. But the only thing is that in this picture, you have four SEC teams and three Big Ten teams. People are going to going to be, how you say it, uh, upset because they're taking over the college football playoffs. And people want to argue, well, in the Pac-12, there should have been more. And even though now this is the last year of the Pac-12, right, they're, they're, they're excluded right now. But uh, a lot of people will argue where Arizona should be in there, right? So those are those type of arguments that they want numbers. They want <clears> – <throat> they want their conference to have more numbers than any other conference. And that's going to be our future argument going um, going into next season. You know, we couldn't get it. You know, people wanted more when it was just the number one and two. So we gave them four, they gave them four. Now we got four and it's still not enough. Now we're being given 12. As I, a human... I think it's enough though. I honestly <laughs> do. I think this is it. Because I I agree, but you know, as a human, as humans, mm-hmm. we're never satisfied. We always want more, and we're getting more here, and this is a great thing. Uh, but it, you're right; somebody's not going to still be satisfied come next year. Somebody's still going to be griping, and it's never going to be an end, never-ending story. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it as it is. Let's have fun with this, because a lot of other teams, you know, you you want you want to knock down the SEC. Then go out there and play tough and not and beat the SEC. Until Absolutely. Then, until and I'm gonna make a SEC strong prediction. They're saying that Georgia's favorite to win it next year. I'm gonna hold that because <clears throat> I have a gut feeling that Ole Miss will be the next team. I do believe that Ole Miss, and I know I say I, I'm always beating up on Lane Kiffin and everything else that I don't trust him versus Alabama, but I got a feeling that Ole Miss next year will have the formula should Jackson Dart come back, should all these other players come back for one more season, 
they're going to take over and defeat Alabama next year. I really do. Um, and then one more before we move on to the uh, NFL real quick, because we got to talk about coaching pretty soon. And watch this. You ready? Mm-hmm. What a coincidence that Michigan played uh, Alabama and their center for some my reason, okay, for so many weeks that he's been under center, can't snap the ball right. Hmm. What a coincidence that against Washington that their right guard or right tackle couldn't avoid holding or always found himself in a situation when Washington was driving. They had to halt that drive and take those yardage back. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. You know, I, there's that little suspect. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I got it. The narrative is Michigan was supposed to win the national championship this year. I'm just saying. All right? Things could have been a little bit different in this game. What a coincidence that individuals yeah. are responsible for the flow of the game. I'm not saying that uh, there's some cheating involved. I'm not saying that people have money on this on the line. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm saying a lot of things with no evidence, but I saw no it on TV. Mm-hmm. All right. But this is also what I'm seeing right now. Hardball. Finally got the win, did it for him. He he got bonuses up to $3 million or so. Do you think he's still going to be with Michigan or should he be coaching in the NFL? You know, I've been hearing a lot about that all day today, and it's getting me, it gave me a big headache. Um, it doesn't really matter what our opinion is. The man is going to go where he wants to go and be successful. Everywhere he's gone, he's been successful so far. Um, you stole my thunder on so, that one. You're absolutely right. But check this so out. You, know you ready? What? I'm no, no, there's more to it because we're going on a second down. And the news today was that Mike uh, Verbal, that's how I'm saying it right, right? Vrabel. Vrabel, yes. Right. He got fired today. Now, I'm shocked because I didn't, like, I understand people were saying, like, he was supposed to go to New England and stuff like he should be the next man to take over that job. And I know as a player, he, he played for the New England Patriots and all. But if you look at it, Tennessee is in a verge of rebuilding again because right. you have players in that team that are aging and it's time to make those changes. And listen, yeah, I know that Tennessee fell in last place in that division, the AFC South, but they finished at 6-11 and 11 respectively, especially dealing with a lot of injuries. They got their star quarterback that it's going to make a difference, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at it, yeah, he started out 9-7. and seven. He, he, he was impressive in year 2020 and 2021. Uh, came close, all right, to the divisional round. I mean, look, three times in the playoffs, he lost three. It's okay. But it, it was all right for Tennessee. I didn't see anything bad. I mean, the players played. They didn't fall on their backs. Every game was competitive. You know what I mean? And 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 it's just mind-boggling. It was like, look, you had only two. Yeah, back-to-back losing records, but there was still a lot look, of positive going on for next season. Yeah, well, the first losing record, he finished the second in the division. Go figure. Mm. <laughs> Wasn't that because of Jacksonville sneaked in mm-hmm. right to, to win? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was, you know, that, that – 
that was rough. That was rough. Yeah. Right. But I, I'm just saying, yeah, they, they finished a little bit worse, but I still believe that Tennessee, they have a great head coach. And it just sucks that in this business, you know, the, the, the coaches don't have longevity. And if you look at the first four years, he was doing awesome. You know what I'm you saying? Know, like, I agree, but I think I think it starts with with the ownership, right? When the, when you're talking about longevity, I think it starts with the ownership. Look at the Rooney family and how many co- head coaches have they had in the last three decades? Okay, three? only four. four. <laughs> oh, four. I was yeah. close. So, right? so Bill Cowher goes- was there long, and Mike yeah. Time's been there for seven, seven, decade, seventeen right? years right now. Yeah, right. seventeen no, years I, without I a losing record. Decade. So it goes to show that if you have the right ownership doing the right thing, leading their head coaches in the right direction or their general managers, whatever the case is, you're going to find success. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you only got a handful of teams that I can actually say that. I mean, you know, Robert Kraft, you know, New England Patriots, he's had Bill Belichick there for a very long time, you know, and they found success. And they, yeah. groomed, they groomed a young Tom Brady who they got in the sixth round and they wind up winning six Super Bowls. So that's awesome. It really is. And mm-hmm. and and as an assistant, he has more rings, Bill yeah. Belichick. So yeah. and he has a lot of Super Bowl appearances. Yes. And that's yes, very yes. hard to do. Very hard. So I'm saying like this, like if I was Mike uh Rabel, I may not want to be in the AFC. Maybe I'll go and coach in the NFC. You know what I mean? But I know I put down the Patriots because, of course, there's rumors that he might head over there. But the Panthers and the Falcons need a head coach. I probably stay away from the Panthers. I'll go more to the Falcons. I will actually, you know what? He'll be a best fit for the Falcons. He is an old school guy. They love to run the ball. Oh, guess what? There's a lot of talent over there in Atlanta with the run game. He just yeah. need a quarterback that will not turn over the ball like Mike Tannehill, right? No, I know, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Until, (laughs) like, yeah, Tannehill was a – he was all right for that particular time, but I think he was in that team too long for them. They could have, like, drafted another quarterback. And and that's another thing is is that the media will love to make a lot of noise – because they drafted someone in the first round, they want to hurry up and have them start. Not everybody could be a CJ Stroud. Oh no, no, you're not gonna get that. No. All right, it is time for our predictions going to the wild card games. And I'm gonna tell you right now, this is difficult because it is a wild card weekend. Right? Wild card doesn't necessarily mean it's a guaranteed win. And we right. might all be surprised on who wins this weekend. But it comes to no surprise that Hector Vasquez finished ahead of me by six games. Excuse me. I mean, I'm used to it. I can't close. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, but Hector finished with 177 wins. I had 171 wins. But what's fascinating is, is that I had a better record on the road than Hector did, you know, overall. So I'm like, damn, like I got 75. Wow. That's that's pretty unique. Yeah, you was go ahead. You was the road dog this year, and I was the homebody pretty much. Uh, (laughs) No, no. All right, I like that. You better call somebody. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I got that. If those of you don't know, the WWE Road Dog, but uh, for head to have 35 and 29, I, I accept that. <laughs> I, I accept that little touchdown score right there. That's cool. You know what I mean? Uh, but there's always next year. But in the meantime, yeah. we have our own Bow Mania Challenge ourselves mm-hmm. as we getting ready. And those of you that haven't, uh, go ahead, tune into the website at CMG Sports Central and sign up for the Bow Mania Bracket Challenge. Yes, absolutely. But we're going to start off with the Browns and the Texans. Um Man, my screen's a little bit like so like oh anyways, we can still see that. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Browns and the Texans. I have me scratching my head because this this game could go either or the Browns. I'm not even gonna count the last game because they rested all their starters. But uh prior to that, you know, they've won their last four games. The Jets Houston, they did beat Houston 36 to 22. However, yeah. They did it without C.J. Stroud. Could have been a difference if C.J. Stroud was the quarterback. All right. On the other side, the Texans, they 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 won three of the last five games. Um, man, they played their, their butts off on that last game against Indianapolis just to win the uh, AFC South. Uh, it was worth watching and everything else. But is that enough against the Cleveland Browns? That's going to be the interesting question there because you're right. Um, the Browns, they just torched the uh, passing defense for the Houston Texans in that last game. It was, to me, it wasn't even close. I mean, the score doesn't even do any justice. This game was out of control when they last played each other. And here we are again going back to Houston for round two between these two teams, you know. Right. And now that DJ Stroud is actually playing, now can we see him try to exploit that Browns defense, which is top five in every category in the NFL? And it's crazy right. to say that the Browns do have the number one overall all defense in the league with a record of 11 and six, but they're three and five on the road. And that's what kind of worries me going into this matchup again. You know, <clears throat> Uh, it is I definitely. I, I I got you, but you know, can I mean Houston got a good defense. They're sixty three at home, but man, uh, during halftime they were down twenty two to seven, and I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter that Houston woke up. They outscored, uh, and just the fourth quarter alone, Houston outscored Cleveland, but it wasn't enough because they still right. lost. By twenty, uh, by fourteen points. Excuse me. So, I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna pick the road team since I'm the road dog. I'm gonna go ahead and pick the Browns to beat the Texans. Yeah, you know this game right here was very, very difficult to me to pick because of the fact that we're seeing it. We're gonna see a different Houston team here with CJ Stroud in here, but. I don't see Houston's defense, uh, passing defense, stopping Flacco for the for a second time. If they couldn't stop him the first time. I don't see how they would do it. They can probably stop the run game. Houston mm-hmm. can. So I see Flacco getting at it once again, but this time he knows he's going to have a shootout. And I think this game is going to be a much closer score than it was last time. But I am picking the Browns to upset the, the Houston Texans at home 
uh, for a second time. It's hard to see that happening. But I'm picking I'm picking the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know it's rough. But Amari Cooper had a franchise record of 265 yards in that game. I'm not going to worry about him. Can, they, time can they slow him down? That I is think the question. Slow, I think it's going to be somebody else that's going to be the problem, but not him. Hmm. All right. Moving on to the uh, 8 o'clock game. And, again, that's a Saturday game. On uh, Saturday mm-hmm. night, it's on Peacock. And it's the Dolphins versus the Chiefs. Now, I, it left a bad taste in my mouth uh, with the Dolphins because one, to deal with injuries, but the way they played against the Bills, there's just no way that I could see the, uh, the Dolphins getting by the Chiefs in Kansas City. And then watch this. Here's the narrative. Hill is going back to the team that helped win the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, he left that team to go with the Dolphins, and he's gonna go to Kansas City. He's gonna wish that he had stayed in Kansas City. I know I left you speechless, man. I really do. All right, um, I think I lost, I lost him for a second. Uh, hopefully he'll come back. Uh, I got Roberto Chavez. Says Miami. Now you got to give me more than just Miami. What does that mean that you're going for Miami? Okay. Because if you're looking at this, okay. And again, yeah, he'll come back. If you're looking at this real quick, right? Um, look, the Dolphins been struggling against teams that were competitive uh for the playoffs. And they continue to do that. Look, they lost to Buffalo. They lost to Baltimore 56 to 19. They lose to Tennessee by one point. I mean, yeah, they took care of business against Dallas, right? But, you know, you play against teams like the Jets. Yeah, you're supposed to win them. But when you're playing against teams that are supposed to be competitive, they haven't shown up yet. All right. So I can't help you there. So, and I think that Hector himself would definitely have picked the Chiefs, and I'm picking them unanimously. I, I, I just don't see how Miami could pull away, especially that Super Bowl defense. All right, don't forget the defensive coordinator who is – he's been a, a Super Bowl champ for the New York Giants during his time there, Spagnolia, and then now with the Kansas City. Now, Roberto, come on, man. You said pull an upset. Where is there an upset? When you get into Tua's face, that dude be cl- throwing the ball with his eyes closed. Come on now. You know better than that. Don't say no. Don't say no. I'm just saying. For those of you, he says he's gonna pull, they're going to pull an upset. They got to be more than just an upset. Okay? We got to be having a lot of injuries on the Chiefs side of the house for Miami to actually win. But let's move on here with the Sunday game. The first game is at 1 o'clock on CBS the Steelers versus the Bills. Now, listen, the, the, the Steelers, they got in because they had help. And they took care of business when they had to. They beat Baltimore. But Baltimore had their second string on. And they won 17-10. Could have been a big difference if the Baltimore Ravens had all their starters. Would the Steelers have won that game? Okay, yes, the Steelers won the last three games of the season. But let's look at the Bills. They're hot. They've won their last five games. They beat Kansas City. They took care of Dallas, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Dolphins. 
okay? When it mattered most, they went ahead and defeated the Dolphins to win the AFC East for four straight years. Absolutely, okay? Now, I don't know what it is about Roberto Chavez who is making these comments, okay? The stealing Steelers for the knockout. Bro, this is at Buffalo. We're talking about at Buffalo. Red Hot Bills. Come on, man. It's like you picking the opposite teams that I'm picking. Are you kidding me? Man, I tell you. He says, I don't believe in Allen like that. Would you got to believe in Allen when you're in Buffalo? Absolutely. Okay. And Hector, I'm going to tell you right now, who you got in this game, Steelers or the Bills? I got Buffalo. So your boy Roberto, man, he's been playing opposites of track or something like that. I don't know. Maybe he's tuning into Paulo Abdul in the 80s music <laughs> over there. But um, <laughs> he's saying that the Steelers are going to steal the show here, man. I'm like, how? When that offense can't really produce anything, you don't have T.J. Watt that's not going to be playing in that defense who is the main masterpiece for that D, Okay. I just don't see it. I think the Bills will pull it off, and they're going to win at home, as yeah. they should have, as they should. I think they will. I mean, they got the home crowd. It's going to be – you got to take the weather into consideration. I mean, I believe it's going to be sub-zero weather that day, okay? I mean, Steelers could play that weather, too. I'm not – I get it, but not, well, yeah. I think what's going to take the factor is as far as throwing the ball and how we're going to be running the ball and – and things like that, how things are going to play out that way. You We're know, supposed I, to be snowing. It'll be 24 degrees with snow. And Buffalo's favorite 10 points. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. i take it. All right. Let's move on to the Packers and the Cowboys. Now, this is a big one. And I know the Cowboy fans are now coming out the closet. Okay? They're putting their gear on. They're celebrating as NFC East champs. I'll say slow down. Okay, slow down. And I got to look this up real quick because well, I have to tell you, I got to give you more background as well, to what's up with the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Well, while you do that, the Cowboy fans are still reliving this game as far as Dez caught it. We're reliving that now again. <laughs> are you serious? We are reliving that all over again. It's resurfacing. I'm glad I'm here in the state of Connecticut. Now listen to that garbage over there. Okay. Uh, the last two seasons, the Cowboys lost a wild card in 2021. They lost the division uh, in 2022. Okay. Mike McCarthy is on his fourth year as a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Matching that record last year, 12 and 5. I'm going to tell you this. They're undefeated at home. I'll give them that much just because they're undefeated at home. But I do not see the Cowboys doing anything else but to take care of business of the Packers, which is minus Aaron Rodgers. And that's not and, – and I'm going to tell you right now, okay, Packers are good. I won't sleep on the Packers. But the Packers, for some odd reason, that offense, it just doesn't drive all the time. It's like – you know, they, they have one good quarter, and then after that, we don't – they just disappear, okay? And it's just like three and outs, back and forth, little small drives, and that's it. Yeah, you know, you got – the Cowboys got a lot of weapons, but they don't utilize those weapons properly, and that's why they don't just – they just 
they're just gonna just get by the Packers. I don't even see a blowout. Yeah, no, I, I see them. I, I see the Cowboys winning this game, but look, the Packers, you know, this is the first year Jordan Love is at the helms and he's sticking his team to the playoffs. Okay. And he's got and they this team is stacked, is loaded with young talent, okay? And that could be a little disruptive at times for the Cowboys in this game, okay? Mm-hmm. But – and not to – look, since Cowboy fans like to talk about history, I'm going to throw a little bit of history out there. The Packers have the most wild card victories all time over every NFL team there is, okay? So this is another wild card game for the Packers. We are reliving – a matchup here that's been ages between these two teams. So just oh, pump they got the a lot of history. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm picking the Cowboys, but pump the brakes. Don't think that you're going to walk away with this game in the bag. It's going to be a tough Mm-mm-mm. one. It's going to be a tough fight. Because the Packers are looking to be that first team to beat the Cowboys at, at AT&T Stadium this year. Well, let me let me tell you this. LaFleur has never lost a wild card game. He is 3-0. and in the wild card. How about that? I'm just concerned. Can the Packers defense, you know, shut down the Cowboys? Because the Cowboys are averaging over 37 points per game mm-hmm. at home this year. They're doing that to everybody. So can the Packers shut that down to make this somewhat of a competitive game? So that's going to be McCarthy, the McCarthy is one and one in the wild card with the Cowboys. That's why, you know, this is going to be a good game. I think, you know, the Cowboys seem to always be just that that team that just, like, you want to believe in, but then they disappoint you. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Roberto Chavez. <laughs> but I am rolling with the Cowboys in this game. I'm not. I want I'm on the sideline watching the Cowboys win. I won't roll, I won't ride with them. Hell no. All right. The main event. I'ma say this. The main event of the whole entire weekend has got to be this. You got to talk about it. This is a lot of drama. This is a big soap opera. This everything that you need to have here. The Los Angeles Rams and the Detroit Lions a couple of years ago made a trade. They traded quarterbacks. Golf wasn't good enough. Golf wasn't good enough to maintain himself with the Rams when the Rams lost the Super Bowl. That was it. They got Matthew Stafford, all hands on deck. During that time, during that season, they got Odell Beckham. They did anything, everything that they had to do to win the Super Bowl, and they did. However, the Detroit Lions, they got a lot of history. A lot of talent that did nothing, like Barry Sanders, who knew that the team was going to be garbage for the rest of the, I don't know how long, and he was like, you know what, I'm bored, I quit, I'm retiring, I don't care about the breaking the singles season record, let her know the career rushing record, that's why Emmitt Smith has it, if not, I'm still telling you, Barry Sanders better than Emmitt Smith, there was a time where the Lions went 0-16, that was bad, very bad. But this team has won the NFC North, the Lions. And, yeah, you could say golf chokes and everything else, but you know what? He got enough support 
that he doesn't have to do this alone. Lions do have defense. Not as great as, you know, we could say with the Ravens or the 49ers, but the Lions, they're they're just that good enough. They're they're not 12 and 5 by mistake. They played those games and they played hard. Okay? Yeah, and they're from Michigan. How about that? Okay? Mm. We just talked about them. Yeah. So if you think that the Rams are going to go to Detroit and show off, I got something for you. This is a great story that we can make a movie out of. And that movie is going to star golf when he meets his former team, the team that they traded him away because he wasn't good enough. And he's going to show them how he persevered. And with good resilience, the Lions are going to go home and show the Rams that they are for real. I'm taking the Lions over the Rams. Yeah, I got the Lions too. Look, they they ranked in the top five in offense this year as a team. And you think about the the offensive weapons that the Lions have here that golf has, you know, with David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, and then the white the white out Amon Rod St. Browns. He's got weapons. I'm not taking nothing away from Stafford. Look, Stafford already beat golf in a Rams uniform back in 2021. So this is going to be the, the second time that they're going to face each other in opposite uniforms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but this time is going to be a whole different story. Look, the Rams are hot. They could be a dangerous team going into this playoff. If they go out there and beat Detroit, watch out. They could be the threat that we could be talking about next week. But I think the Lions are for real. They did not go out there and just win a division for no reason. They're looking for something bigger and better. And they're trying to get to that Super Bowl. But one game at a time, but I think they get the job done at home. They're going to have the crowd pumping. I don't think you're going to contain the crowd noise there in Detroit. Mm, okay. That's another thing. And it's in the dome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, I won't be surprised you see a lot of Michigan Wolverine uniforms mixed in with Detroit Lion uniforms <laughs> all over the place. So, you know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know what sucks is because they have, they had an opportunity. And it sucks because the Lions could have had the number one seed in this playoffs if it wasn't for the referees to make that oopsie call in Dallas, okay? And that sucks because should the Lions and the Cowboys do win, the Lions have to go to the Cowboys and have a rematch again. Again, Again. exactly. And, you know, man, Lions did deserve it. They could have had 13 wins. And then those referees killed it. Yeah, that but was just a big like, difference maker. Yeah, but just like I say with the Dez catch, shoulda, woulda, coulda, it didn't happen. Oh well, move on. Well, that's different. So that's a referee, man. Come yeah, on, but man. you know, Cowboys referees fans, should never dictate a game like no. that. And that's why they are not involved in the playoffs this year. No, they but when, the, but instead of letting the referees dictate. You should be able to change things up when you see things are not going your way because the referees are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Stop, keep going to the same play over and over and over. You're not succeeding. Just try something different. Play for another down. The Lions could have done that. They didn't. Oh, well, that's their fault. I was rooting for the Lions. They lost. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. It is. All right, here we go. The Eagles versus the Bucks. This is the last game of the wild card weekend. And to be honest with you, this has been the hardest pick for me because I'm tossing and turning. I don't know what to expect. This Tom Brady is not playing. 
If Tom Brady was the quarterback, I would like go Bucks. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. But then you look at the other side, Eagles. The Eagles are not flying. They are not flying. Where do we go from here? I mean, but the Buccaneers, their ship is not sailing. They can't even get out the dock. They can't lift the anchor. So, yeah, where do so they, we go from they here? They can't do it. The Eagles can't fly. What's going on? Yeah, something like, got to get. Are we going to have a winner? We're going to have a sudden death. <laughs> we, we, uh, we, yeah, we could be up all night Monday into Tuesday morning playing this game for all we know. No one's scoring. <laughs> It'll oh be like the God. Minnesota Vikings and the and the and the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, and the score ended three nothing. Was well, it three we'll nothing have, or six to three? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we'll yeah, have more injuries than we have a score at the end of this game, probably. Mm-mm-mm. Look, I, I I know the the Bucks are going into this game on a little hot streak and the Eagles are on one one heck of a downslide. I mean, good Lord. If it wasn't for the Giants, they would be on a six-game losing streak going into this game. And this wasn't the same Eagle team we were talking about almost two months ago. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am going with the Eagles. I think they bounce back. They think they have just enough um, Band-Aids to put on from the first day kit just to get them through this game against the Buccaneers. I, don't, I got I don't, the Eagles winning, and they're going to be heading to San Francisco for the divisional round. I picked that the Eagles will have at least 30-something points. The Bucks they might average maybe less than 20, but I do got a feeling that the Eagles will take care of business to shut the media down because uh, I don't think they want that negative attention. But I still think that there's something wrong in the locker room with oh, the yeah. Eagles. Oh, yeah. And we'll they're, find they're... about that in the offseason. We oh, will yeah. definitely will. But you know what else hurts is that when you have an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator that you won a Super um, what's it called? Won the, did they win the Super Bowl? No, they lost the Super no, Bowl. They, I'm last... sorry. They lost to Kansas City, yes. right? But to repeat, you would needed those coaches to still be there. But instead – those two coaches ended up taking head coaching jobs. Right. You see what I'm saying? So now you got new leadership in the offense and defensive side, right? And the flow is not there anymore. And again, this is not like two weeks or something like that. This has been developing and developing. And and if I'm not not mistaken, here we go. The uh, the Eagles, they lost to the Jets. Yes, you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, ever since they beat the Bills, which the Bills should have won that game if the receiver or the quarterback were in the same network, right? The Eagles could have have a longer losing streak. And ever since that, I mean, they've been on a downfall. I mean, look, they haven't even, I mean, they scored 30 something points, but their defense just fell apart. And I think it's more of the defense of anything else, but. At the same time, both sides of the ball, things are not clicking, and hopefully their problems are solved. Uh, but I, I'm not liking this game at all. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks pull it off. It'll probably be in a sm- slim margin. But I'm I'm still going to go for the Eagles for the time being. But they'll be ousted in the next division. Look, the Buccaneers, to me, are very streaky. Okay, the Buccaneers started off the season 3-1. and one. Then after that bye week, 
they lost six of the last six of seven games coming off the bye week. And then they want to decide to win five of the last six going, you know, to end the season. They are mm-hmm. just inconsistent when it comes to playing football this year. The Eagles, they just literally went from being the, the top team, the defending champ, NFC champs, to sliding down the hill without without no protection. Seriously. So we don't mm-hmm. know what we're getting here. And it, to me, honestly, I think the loser, either way, you know, I know the 49ers get the lowest seed remaining. And if things play out the way they do, it looks like one of these two teams are going to San Francisco. Well, whatever- both, the winner of this game is going to San Francisco. The way we picked it, the winner of this yeah. game is going. Absolutely. And, and what is going to be left for the 49ers to pick the bones with? Seriously, because mm-hmm. these two teams are so wounded. And there I go, turning purple again. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you're trying to tell me you're going for the Ravens all the way <laughs> to the Super Bowl. Um, but we're gonna save that comment yeah. for another day because Hector's screen went purple on me. I don't I know if it. he's trying to tell me he's the member of the Judgment Day in WWE or what. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. Um listen, I mean, this is a wild, wild, wild weekend that we're going to experience together. And again, those of you, um, please, by all means, visit our website. And I'll put it on here. It's cmgsportscentral.com. Tune in there and go ahead and click on the logo of the ESPN uh, bracket and join us for fun as we get set for our wild card weekend and the road to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, like I said, big ups and congrats to the Michigan Wolverines for winning the national championship. Uh, the, the final top 25 will be coming out this week. As a matter of fact, it's already at CMG Central. Uh, just got an update that the Michigan won. Uh, but by that, I mean, listen, great games and everything else. It's sad because I'm, I can't talk about college football anymore until the season starts again. You know, I got to pay attention to these transfer portals and see what makes sense around here. Uh, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, but I, I'm seeing if the, anyone could break um, Deion Sanders' record for the most portal going into one college. Hmm. <laughs> can it happen? <laughs> if I could turn purple, anything can happen. <laughs> oh, hell. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so hey, there you have it. That's our picks for this weekend. And once again, you're listening to the All Four Downs podcast presented by CMG Central. Thank you for watching, everyone. Take care. Let's enjoy some football. And those of you uh, living, especially in the East Coast where I'm at, man, be safe. I know the weather's getting nasty. And um, just tune into your weather alerts. And tune into the weather alerts for those games because that also could be a big difference maker on your picks. Thank you for watching. Take care, everyone.